humans. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Hidden Edges Radio on AM 950. This is your esteemed hostess、um, with the mostest, Ellie Krug. I am thrilled to be back. I am thrilled that you are allowing me to occupy your ears and then your brain for a little bit today. Thank you so very much for doing that. You're listening to me, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world, which helps explain why my name is Ellie, but I sound like a dude. Enough said. Okay, we have a great show today. I've got a wonderful guest from the Urban Land Institute of Minnesota. I also have my、uh, weekly odds and ends. And then I have a good human is human piece、um, about gay conversion. So get ready to hear about that. So I know, I know. Well, it's a long story, but we'll get to it. But we were, gonna, we're going to begin with Aubrey Albrecht. From the Urban Land Institute of Minnesota. She is the executive director. Director. The director. Okay. So, Aubrey, welcome to Hidden Edges Radio. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you here.、Um, and、uh, you and I have been trying to get you on the air here for a couple of months, ever since I heard about a, an initiative of the Urban Land Institute called the Real Estate Diversity Initiative. Oh my God, we're going like, to be saying so many of these words, okay? But, Aubrey, welcome to、Thank、Hidden、you. Edges Radio. Tell us a little bit about you. You've got,、uh, you, you're the director. Yeah, I've been.、Um, so, the Urban Land Institute is a global nonprofit, and we've been、um, around for a, a number of years. We have branches all over the、um, United States and the world. So, we have.、Um, I think, I think there's 35 district councils throughout the United States, Minnesota being one of them. Okay.、Um, we've been around as a district council for almost 15 years,、um, have a membership base of about 600 people locally. Is it people or businesses?、Uh, people. Okay. Yep, yep based、right. individually.、Um, and they. Are all interested in sustainable land use and the, and the way that land gets, gets used and developed? In urban areas. In urban areas.、Um, and I wouldn't say we're entirely focused just on urban areas. I mean, depending on what you're calling urban,、um, we're focused not only on sort of the core cities, but also we do some things in outstate Minnesota. We've done some work in Austin and Bemidji, et cetera. So, We definitely, our span is, is getting wider, definitely, as an, as an organization. But I've been with the organization for、um, almost five years,、um, started out as an associate, and have now moved my way up as、um, time allows, and、um, and now the director. Okay, well, congratulations well, on moving、you. up. We always want people to move up, particularly <laughs> women.、Mm-hmm. And、um, tell me more, though, about. So, the Urban Land Institute, is it a nonprofit? Yes, we are a, we are a nonprofit, 501c3. Okay. And so you're going out there and, and you have a, a various initiatives, I take it. Yes. Around、um, land use, around smart land use.、Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, give us an example before we get and talk about Ready. Well, one of the other、uh, initiatives that I work on. Um, is something that we call Urban Plan. And it's a program for high school students that was developed out of UC Berkeley in California and has now taken on in all of our, in most of our district councils throughout the United States and now extending into Europe.、Um, it's a program that is a three week curriculum for high school students. And we give them、uh, Legos and a scenario. Um, of a, an, an RFP, a fictional RFP that comes out from Re- a city. Request for proposal. Yep. yep.、Um, okay. And、um, the students have to create a development team and respond to the RFP and put together a development proposal for that specific site using Legos as various、um, building type uses. And then they have to back their decisions in front of a City Council,、uh, which is made up of ULI volunteers. So we do this program in three high schools locally、um, St. Paul Central High School,、uh, Roseville High School, which we've been doing for 13 years, and、um, the School of Environmental Studies in Apple Valley. Okay. 
And so that, of course, is to teach kids uh, something about land use. Yes, As absolutely. well as about dealing with politics. Right, exactly. Yep. <laughs> okay. And they get, we bring in facilitators who work with the students, helping them understand that, you know, you can't please everyone in a development proposal. Some people are going to be mad. Others will be happy with what your decisions right. are. And you just have to think about, you know, the whole picture rather than just, you know, we're making this decision and that's just how it's going to be. And so these kids with this um, plan, with this initiative, are you hoping that those kids will go on to college and maybe become uh environmental engineers or great question so we actually have some success stories we have um we have a student who was in the program at roseville high school and is now a city planner in beijing china holy cow um and then we have another student who actually now comes back and volunteers with the program and is a planner for washington county and so we're just hoping we're not hoping that you know everyone this isn't going to be everyone's you know, well, this isn't going to be everyone's favorite activity, but for some people, it gives them enough of exposure where they think, huh, this is something that I can do. Um, you know, may it be the city council side, maybe it's the developer side, maybe it's more on the environmental or, or design side, and that, you know, land use as a whole, as a career, is very broad and incredibly diverse. Okay. Well, and, and so... Um off camera, you and I, or off mic, you and I have talked about the fact that I'm involved with doing a lot of human inclusivity training. Mm -hmm. And some of that is, is about bumping into institutional racism. And, um, and of course we know that one of the forms of institutional racism that is a long, long, um, long been with us is redlining and the consequences of redlining and, um, and, and that, uh, creates a huge problem. Absolutely. Uh, and I assume, do, does your organization do anything to talk about at least the, you know, continuing effects of redlining and maybe, uh, for the audience, you could explain what redlining is so sure. that everybody knows. Sure. So, um, in the... Um, 50s and 60s, there was a practice for real estate agents to outline certain areas in red. So it's called redlining, um, so that people were not uh, so, and so that certain people were not allowed to get mortgages or um, rent or things like that within certain areas. That would be people of color. Correct. Yep. So, actually, that practice continued into the 1970s. Absolutely. And so, in the lifetime of many of our listeners, this practice was alive and well Absolutely. when they were kids or teenagers. And then it, it turned into um, covenants on specific land so that certain people, uh, people of color, um, uh, you know, gay people, etc., were not allowed to purchase homes, um, live in certain areas based on that, those covenants. Right, and we, we continue to live with the residue of Correct. that kind of discrimination, which brings us to um, the real reason I wanted to have you on the show, which is your Real Estate Diversity Initiative, Ready. Yes. Tell us about that, because um, the reason I reached out to you was, this was so, I thought it was so forward-thinking, I thought. So go ahead. Sure, so... You know, we as district councils of the Urban Land Institute collaborate a lot. We're always on phone calls. We're always listening to each other on what programs each individual um, district council is running and trying to really, you know, copy each other and, and really spread good programs that and, really work. And your districts are like states, right? Yes, yes. Okay, all right. So, um, so ULI Colorado formed this program, and I think it was seven or eight years ago. Um, and it was initially a mentorship program open up, opened up to people of color and women who were interested in getting more involved in the industry and being mentored by someone who is, um, had a lot of experience in real estate, land use, et cetera. And so when they formed this program, um, they realized that it's not only just mentorship that would be important um, within ULI, but it's really gaining deeper relationships. And to do that, 
part of what they decided to do was to give the groups, the mentorship groups, um, a site and they would study that specific site and it would be a realistic site um, something that's out there that has a lot of potential for redevelopment and so these small groups started studying these specific sites and not only were they meeting a lot of people along the way being mentored gaining those relationships but they're also gaining some of those really hard skills like how do you put together a pro forma how do you actually market a site to a buyer or a tenant or whoever that is. This is be. if you're on the developer side. Yes, right. yes, exactly. Okay. okay. And so over time, they really, they developed this really intensive program and an intensive curriculum. This is ULI Colorado and came out with this really, you know, um, comprehensive curriculum so that not only are they um, are the is ULI Colorado and now ULI Minnesota um, providing opportunities for people of color and women within the industry, but also expanding our own network. And I think that's the most valuable thing for our district council. And when we come back, Aubrey, we'll talk more about this, about your Ready Initiative, which I think is, sounds really, really great. I've been speaking with Aubrey Albrecht from the Urban Land Institute of Minnesota. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug. With Hidden Edges Radio, if you like what you hear, visit my website at elliecrude.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple. When we come back from our break, we will finish up with Aubrey and talk more about her um, initiative. Thanks. Mashad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mashad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mashad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. While shopping for a fireplace insert at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, I was amazed at all the choices. Not just gas, electric, or wood burning, but also built-in or freestanding, and options in every style from antique to modern. The staff really listened to us, explained the options, and helped us choose a fireplace we absolutely love. Now it warms our hearts and our home every winter. Thank you, Woodland Stoves, for a great addition. Hi, I'm Peter Solak, putting in a word for the EPA BurnWise campaign. It has important information about clean burn fireplaces. This is an important part of our mission at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. We know that the fireplace has to work. Work with your life, work with your living space, and also be environmentally smart. Come see us. Learn to burn wise. We have over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Visit our store in person or online at woodlandstoves.com. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Moe is serious about burgers, offering 20 fresh, never frozen varieties. Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Not to mention more than 60 beers on tap and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life could benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now.
gentlemen, we are back. We are back. This is Ellie Krug with Hidden Edges Radio on AM 950. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Sunday to you. I hope you're having a good Sunday. We have been speaking with Aubrey Albrecht from the Urban Land Institute of Minnesota. And Aubrey has been talking about a program that they've got an initiative called READY, the Real Estate Diversity Initiative, which is really focused on helping people of color and um, women, and I assume some other people from historically marginalized communities, getting involved in urban planning, getting involved as developers if they want to do that. Do I have all that right so yes, far? Yes, you do, yes. Okay, you are in the second year of your program. We are. And how many, um, how many people did you have the first year around? So the first year around, we had 34 applicants, and we had about 30 people who ended up completing the program. Okay. Um, we had um, about the same for this year. So we, we're, we're trying to cap it right about 30 so we can have three groups of 10 okay. working together. All right. And so uh, last year, what were your demographics? How many people of color? How many women? Um, last year... Um, it was about probably 75-25, so 75% of women and 25% people of color. Right. Um, there were some people of color, obviously, who were women as well. So That's good. Um, yeah, so that, that definitely included in that demographic. This year, um, we are about 50-50, uh, if not just slightly, 60-40, uh, people of color and 40% women. And a lot of that has to love it. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with our leadership. We have um, a really strong, we have two strong co-chairs, one from the city of Minneapolis and the other from um, Minnesota department of economic um, uh, employment and ec economic development. And um, so our connections with deed have been really great um, okay. to network uh, to um market the program and really get more participants and more applicants for the program. I know the folks at Deed. I've trained there before. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're on great. On several occasions. All right, so here, okay, first of all, hats off to you, all right, because you're doing something. I mean, having people of color in the, uh, in the world of, de of land development is, like, pretty rare generally. Absolutely. And here in the Twin Cities, like, exceedingly rare right absolutely yeah. so my hat's off to you that you're doing this secondly my hat's off about using your imagination because the aubrey the only way it's going to change is if institutional um players and that includes nonprofits, if they just start thinking differently than what they did before because if we just keep approaching the problem you know and and when i say the problem the problem is about um uh, have, giving everybody a seat at the table. That's what the problem is because historically the, every one of those seats has been occupied and I, I love white people. Okay, I happen to be one, but they've been occupied by white people of privilege, you know, with privilege. Absolutely. And so um, thank you for using your imagination about this. What kind of feedback are you getting from your participants in the Ready program where they're, they're getting mentorship, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. And so they're, they're developing relationships that will be ongoing afterwards, Definitely. Right? Okay. And then you're giving them tool sets, and, and how often are the program uh, participants getting in, together? So they meet about every other week for three hours. So it is a wow. intensive curriculum. Wow. And we have a set of panelists who will speak on um, specific topics. Uh, yesterday, our topic was entitlements. And so we learned a lot about the city process. We learned about as a private sector, how to navigate the city process, things to be wary of, um, who are who to make friends with, which ah, is a big deal. Sure is. Um, and, and really understanding the whole how do, if you have this great idea, how do you start talking with people in advance and creating those relationships so that further down the line, your project is more successful? Great idea as it relates to a piece of land. Exactly. Okay. And how are the, how are the participants, you know, your diverse candidates, your diverse participants, how are they um, receiving the program and the initiative? Really great. So we had um, 
obviously we had 30 participants from last year um, and 10 of them stayed on to help plan for this year um, because they thought I really want to be involved in the program I still feel like there's a lot to learn and so I want to be there I want to meet the new panelists I want to meet the new participants this is a program I want to be involved in so a a high retention rate in terms of having people want to be continuing with the program okay and has anybody come to you and said, we want to replicate this in another area? You know, it's it's one of the things that we've been talking about at the national level for ULI. And um, we've had some um, interest from different district councils saying, wow, that's a really great program. We'd love to do something like that. Um, you know, it took us about a year and a half to even start the program, put together the curriculum, figure out what site we were going to use, right? Um, and so, and how to recruit? Absolutely, and how to recruit diverse candidates? And that was a and that was a really big part of yep. the the process, definitely. But that's where you've got to use your imagination, absolutely. You know, and that's where people. You know, I was just um, speaking yesterday to somebody about, you know, how boy we want diverse candidates to come and work for our organization i'm not going to get any more specific than that but you know they're not showing you know they're not coming and and my response back is well where are you going looking for them right you know i mean are you are you showing up in in quote unquote their neighborhood are you doing that right you know are you reaching out to quote unquote their organizations to let them know right and one of the interesting things that we're actually doing this year that's different from last year is we're bringing in um HR representatives and people who are actually hiring, um, who are doing the hiring process for some of these larger companies. Oh, And great. we're having a dialogue between the people who are in the room, participants, um, and the in the panel, and having them really discuss. Okay, what are the barriers to entry? How does one get to applying right. for a specific job? But I bet your HR people are learning things as exactly. well. Exactly, and that's I think uh, oh, you know, 90 ninety percent of the benefit to that. The more I'm hearing about this, the more I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, double gold stars. Okay. Thank you. But you've got to do this, okay? Absolutely. And yeah. I would tell you to share this. Share the idea with other organizations outside of the land you know, um, development world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other related um, fields. But share that you're doing it because we as humans... You know, we model off of other people. Right. We model off of other organizations. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Look at what they're doing. Oh, my goodness. Because that's the only way we're going to change the landscape. Give us your website. Um, our website is minnesota.uli.org. <laughs> okay. And all of the information for the program is there. Okay. All right. And so if folks want to learn more about it, they just go to the website. Is Absolutely. that right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, I've been speaking with Aubrey Albrecht from the Urban Land Institute of Minnesota. Aubrey, thank you so very much for being on Hidden Edges Radio. Oh, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. I am. I just. I'm. I'm. I'm going to be a huge cheerleader for you. Thank you very much. Okay. And if you let, if there's something I can do to help with this program, you let me know. Great. All right. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for being here. All right, you've been. Uh, we've been speaking with Aubrey Albrecht from the Urban Land Institute. When I come back, I will do my odds and ends and human is human. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. Woo-hoo! When I come back, I'll be talking to you more. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Downtown or Woodfire Grill in St. Paul is a perfect choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Offering daily fresh seafood specials, fire-roasted meats, exquisite pizza, and half-priced bottles of wine on Mondays and Tuesdays, except on Excel Energy Center event nights. Once you experience their cozy fireside dining, extensive wine list, and bar, you'll be back for more. Gift certificates available. 
located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin, wherever you are and however you like it, we're just the place you're looking for. Six unique, fun, exciting, winning destinations located throughout central Wisconsin. Make your rounds to Wittenberg, Nakusa, Black River Falls, Toma, Madison, or Wisconsin Dells for the hottest slots, most exciting games, award-winning guest service, delicious food and spirits, lodging, and live entertainment. Join the Ho-Chunk Gaming Rewards Club for free. And with a single card, you can earn valuable points no matter which of the six locations you choose to play. That means more Exclusive offers, giveaways, cash back, discounts, and much more. Visit us online to see all we have to offer and find the fun times nearest to you at HoChunkGaming.com. So wherever you are and however you like it, we're just the place you're looking for. Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin, Wittenberg, Nakusa, Black River Falls, Toma, Madison, and Wisconsin Dells. Experience the difference. Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin. Must be 21 or over to play. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Termerd. Today will be mostly cloudy with a high near 42, and we could see wind gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Tomorrow there's a chance of snow with a high near 21, and Tuesday possible more snow with a high near 20. The Bad Waitress in Northeast Minneapolis is a bit more grown up than its sister on Nicollet. This finer diner vibe has a full bar serving craft cocktails and a brand new inventive dinner menu. The Bad Waitress buys organic and local, and you can visit them at 700 Central Avenue in Northeast Minneapolis or online at thebadwaitress.com. AM 950 and Hidden Edges Radio. This is your host, Ellie Krug. How are you? I've just got to say, I am, I am really impressed what the Urban Land Institute is doing um, with its real estate diversity initiative. I was not kidding and I was not pandering when I said, way to go for using your imagination. We are not going to change this landscape. It's not going to get changed. People are not going to get seats at the table if we continue to think the same old way that we've always thought. It just won't work. Okay, um, now is my segment on odds and ends. Um, and I have, a, I have two of them, odds and ends one and two. I mentioned that. So odds and ends one uh, relates to a story at the end of January. Remember, we tape uh, the show with some frequency, although we're becoming more and more um, live. But um, there was a, a piece um, uh, uh, in the NPR, Minnesota Public Radio, news cut by Bob Collins on January 26th, reporting uh, of something out of Spencer, Iowa. Now, uh, listeners may recall that I sat in for Mike McEntee uh, while he's on vacation the first week of January and then a couple of days the second week. And while I sat in for him, I interviewed a fellow by the name of Art Cullen, who is the editor of the Storm Lake Times. And um, by the way, Art had won a Pulitzer Prize for his editorial writing. And uh, I mean, like that, like the real Pulitzer, he won that. Um, and that uh, I had him on the show because I wanted to talk about a column that he'd written in, uh, titled Shocked, which was about racism in Iowa. So that's the background. Bob Collins then writes at the end of January about more racism out of Iowa. And he writes about 
a town、um, in northern Iowa called Spencer, Iowa. It's、uh, the largest, one of the largest towns in northern, northwest Iowa. And he wrote about how the Storm Lake tornadoes, so this would be kids from Storm Lake, Iowa, where Art Cullen is from, where the Storm Lake Times is located, how kids from Storm Lake, called the Storm Lake Tornadoes, that's apparently their, their、um, uh, mascot,、um, came into town to play basketball in Spencer. And,、um, and in doing so, Um, a couple of things happened.、Um, uh, Spencer students were dressed in red, white, and blue and chanted USA, waved their keys, and shouted, Lock your car, and reportedly shouted as well, Go back where you come from. And I should note that the kids from Spencer are Latino.、Um, excuse me, the kids from Storm Lake are Latino. They,、um, they're a heavy Latino presence in Storm Lake. And so、um, it's one of the relatively few rural Iowa schools where there are, is a heavy presence of kids who are of color. And,、um, you know, I grew up in Iowa, in, and I was、uh, in the 60s and 70s, and I lived there in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. And I've got to tell you, this is not the Iowa that I know. It's not. But I'm also worried about what's going on in. Just rural Midwest, not just Iowa, and what's happening out in the rest of Minnesota as it relates to people who are quote unquote other.、Um, well, at any rate, check out、uh, Bob Collins'、uh, piece if you want to. It's January 26th in the news cut. Odds and Ends 2、um, relates to a tidbit from last month's government shutdown. When、um, there was a story that came out, and I'm referencing a CNN story by Lauren Fox and Daniela Diaz on January 22nd of 18, where、um, Senator Susan Collins from Maine、uh, decided to take things in her own hands and get people、um, in the Senate talking to each other far more than what they've been. So she decided that she would convene a talking circle in her office. And you may recall, I've talked about. I've spoken about talking circles in the past, which are controlled conversations with rules.、Um, only one person gets to speak at a time. That person has to have a talking stick, which can be anything. I mean, I, when I do my talking circles, I use actually a brooch.、Um, there can be no crosstalk while the person in the, in the circle, you know, and, you only, and usually you speak in response to a prompt. Well, we had the government shut down, no one was talking to anyone. And、uh, Senator Collins decided that she would, she would get things jump started by a talking circle in her office. Now, and it went remarkably well,、um, but not without bumps. I mean, one of the senators、uh, was speaking, and apparently somebody else asked that senator a question, which meant that that senator had to move the talking stick over to the other senator.、Um, the senator who had originally been speaking wasn't very happy about being interrupted, and apparently the quote is forcefully delivered the talking stick by throwing it at the other senator. Um, which then、um, caused a glass elephant on a shelf to be chipped.、Uh, Senator Collins smartly replaced the talking stick with a rubber ball, and、um, the con- conversation continued. One、um, GOP senator said it was, quote,、um, the most entertaining meeting I've ever been to, unquote, which struck me that, that our elected representatives don't even, didn't even understand what a talking circle was before this. And you know what? There are thousands of those going on across the country every week.、Um, and there are ways for getting people to cross great divides. You may recall that、um, last month I had、um, Julie Ethan from Better Angels on the show、uh, to talk about、uh, their work in crossing the political divide, getting the blues and the reds to speak to each other. And they were using something very similar to talking circles to do that. Here's the bottom line on this, on this odds and ends, and that is this. Our, our legislators, the people that we elect, that we send to Washington, these folks aren't getting anything done. And、um, there's great stalemate. And a lot of that is because they can't talk to each other. 
Nobody can do that anymore. Nobody can sit down and have a civil conversation about the issues, about how to get past, get from A to B or D or C or whatever it is. They can't do that because, God forbid, they're afraid that they're going to look weak or, you know, their base isn't going to, you know, want them to do that or all these, all these things. And let's just start being smart again. Can we do that? And using talking circles as a way of getting people to communicate is a really smart thing. So I, my hat is off to uh, Senator Collins for um, using this device, thinking imaginatively. There's that word again, using your imagination. It's amazing what happens when we do that. And so um, there's a glimmer of hope here, okay? Hopefully they'll do more of this in Washington. Um, hopefully... Uh, We'll get people to start talking to each other rather than yelling at each other. And hopefully we'll start getting some issues dealt with because, you know what? There's not a whole lot going on in D.C. at the moment. People are just yelling at each other. And it isn't working very well for our country. Okay. Um, when I come back um, from the break, um, I will do my Human is Human segment. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, one of only a handful of transgender radio hosts in the world with Hidden Edges Radio. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple. People love The Ripple. I'll be back in a minute. Thanks. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life could benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. As a family-owned business, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning has been serving the Twin Cities since 1930. A new furnace and air conditioner from Standard Heating and Air can lower your monthly utility bills, administer more consistent temperatures, and even improve indoor air quality, making your home safer and healthier for the whole family. The average heating and cooling system lasts 15 to 20 years, so if yours is on its last legs, call Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Learn more at standardheatingdeals.com. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. No one offers more ways to save on appliances than Minnesota specialists at Warner Stellion. Our nine Minnesota locations offer more brands at prices we promise won't be beat. Our customers expect to save money, but they tell us that our sales delivery and installation specialists are the number one reason they choose Warner Stellion. Now through February 26th, Warner Stellion has hundreds of top-rated appliances on sale at prices that will impress even the most demanding shopper. Choose Warner Stellion. We promise you're going to love your new appliances. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Okay, and I'm back. This is Ellie Krug with Hidden Ninjas Radio. 
on、um, my segment, Human is Human. We, I leave this to last to talk about things that catch my attention about surviving the human condition. Remember, that's what the purpose of this show is the show Hidden Edges Radio, about how all of these edges exist in life some sharp, some blunt.、Um, we trip over them, they cause all kinds of issues for us. And of course, I will remind. Uh, every listener right now, that everyone is struggling. Everyone is working to survive the human condition. You all are. I know that. You are. It's amazing when we can get past the facade of, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, just fine. When we can get past that and finally talk with each other as humans, it's amazing the things that we learn about ourselves and about other people. One of the biggest things and most important things we learn is that we're not alone. We're not. So, my human is human story today、um, is、um, off of an op ed piece that came out of the New York Times. It's a January 24th op ed piece by、um, a fellow named Sam Brinton, B R I N T O N, who writes about having gone through. Gay conversion therapy. So the title of the piece is, quote, I was tortured in gay conversion therapy, period, and it's still legal in 41 states, unquote. You heard that right. So, what is gay conversion therapy? Well, it is a process, usually where teenagers go through, but sometimes younger adults, where they meet with a psychologist. Um, that's somebody with a license,、um, or they meet with a minister or somebody with a a religious affiliation. And that person, who usually the, the younger person, the teenager or young adult, is somebody who is struggling with、um, same sex attractions or gender identity. And the professional or the religious、um, person works. To get the younger person who's struggling, to get them to understand that being gay or a lesbian or being transgender is simply a choice, and that they can choose not to be gay or lesbian or transgender. And there are a variety of techniques. And so、um, I'm going to read for you a little bit of the technique that Sam Brinton went through.、Um, Starting as a middle schooler in the early 2000s in Florida. So, middle schooler, okay, so you know we're talking 13, 14 years old, maybe 15. And here's what Sam writes about what gay conversion therapy was like for him Quote, For over two years, I sat on a couch and endured emotionally painful sessions with a counselor. I was told that my faith community rejected my sexuality. That I was the, was the abomination we had heard about in Sunday school, and that I was the only gay person in the world, that it was inevitable I would get HIV and AIDS.、Um, Sam continues to write, but it didn't stop there with these hurtful talk therapy sessions. The therapist ordered me bound to a table to have ice, heat, and electricity applied to my body. I was forced to watch clips on a television of gay men holding hands, hugging, and having sex. I was supposed to associate those images with the pain I was feeling to once and for all turn into a straight boy. In the end, it didn't work. I would say that it did, just to make the pain go away.、Unquote. That Is gay conversion therapy. Now, you may know that、um, in the United States right now, there is、um, an epidemic of depression, certainly,、um, but high incidence of attempted suicides by LGBTQ teenagers. And why is that? It's because. We still have many families, many people who believe that your sexual identity, your gender identity are choices. Yep. 
And because people believe that it's a choice, not something that's inherent, something that's so inherent to you, like whether you're left-handed or right-handed or whether, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you've got this penchant for, to be a writer and, and, you know, and those writers out there that are listening to my voice right now, imagine this, I've just told you that's a choice for you to write. Nope. You don't, and I'm also telling you, you can never write another word ever again in a blog, in your journal, on a piece of paper that's I'm using your imagination. You can never write another word again. How does that make you feel? And the reason that you can never write ever again is that that's a choice on your part. You don't need to do that. And those of you listening right now, um, those who are artists, those who are thespians, um, those that are doing, you know, crafts, you know, we've got a lot of people that love crafts. All of those are choices. And you can never, ever do any of those again. Ever. Because they're just a choice. How am I making you feel? Those of you where those things are important. I, I went through this um, a couple of months ago um, with a group of people. And I had an artist. I mean, somebody who used paint and paint and canvas and I said you can never ever again dip your brush into a palette you can never again put a drop of color on a canvas oh my god the reaction I got from that person she was like you're making me so incredibly sad that's when we get into this thing about choice it is not a choice, whether you're gay or lesbian or transgender or bisexual. It is not a choice. You are not choosing that. It is just the way you are. Gay conversion therapy, it is estimated, touches somewhere in the vicinity of 80,000 teenagers a year. Remember, it's legal in 41 states. And now here's the shock for you. It is legal in Minnesota. You know, I did not fully realize that. Ellie Krug, transgender advocate, da-da-da. I didn't understand that. I had thought that we had passed a bill in the Minnesota legislature um, banning uh, gay conversion therapy. And I am advised that no, that bill did not get passed. It is still, you know, in the legislature. I'm also advised that there is the ability, there is the ability for somebody to get gay conversion therapy in Minnesota. Now, I'm also here to tell you that um, uh, there are the, the American Medical Association, the American Psychological Association, and the American Academy of Pediatrics all oppose um, the use of gay conversion therapy, and that for therapists, um, the Association of Psychologists here in Minnesota, um, that it's considered unethical to engage in gay conversion therapy. However, the problem is that not every um, therapist has to belong to that association. And so, um, you know, um, it's possible for this to happen in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Sorry if I sound like it's a little incredulous for me, but it really is. And so I just need to tell you, um, we, need to, we need to get that bill that's uh, currently in the legislature. We need to get that bill passed. Um, Representative Susan Allen had introduced it. Um, and we need to get it passed. More importantly, you need to talk, please, if you would, with your friends and your neighbors about this gay conversion therapy stuff because people need to understand that it is harmful, that it is destructive, that it is not helpful, that it does not work, that it causes young people who are being told that they are unworthy, it causes them to be further depressed. It does not help them. And I'm just sorry. It just doesn't work work because who you love 
who you want to have sex with, who you are in terms of gender, these are not choices. It is just the way it is. You know, and I know that many of us here in the Twin Cities, we get that. It's like, okay, Ellie, shut up. We've, you know, we've got it. The problem is there are a whole lot of people that don't have that, that don't understand that. There are a whole lot of people, and I bet you there are people in your families, as you're listening to this right now, you got Uncle Bill or Aunt Sarah or whatever. They don't get it. They don't understand that. They still think it's a choice. And you know what? That's a problem because they've got a niece or a nephew or they got a kid somewhere that's going to come out as gay or a grandkid that's going to come out as gay and, and they're going to be thinking, oh, this isn't necessary for my grandkid or my niece or nephew. If they just get some help, they can get fixed. And as long as this idea that you can convert somebody with same-sex attractions into being straight, as long as that idea exists out there, you're going to have people pushing young people who are so impressionable and often who have no support of any kind, um, pushing those people to, um, to do things, to think things that just don't work. And then they get further depressed, and then they start to taking their lives, attempting to take their lives. It's just, you know, or go into addictions, all of that kind of stuff. Can't we just as a society just agree that we're going to live and let live and let people be who they are? I just don't know. I'll tell you. Um, it's just quite disturbing for me. Anyway, okay, so um, you've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, with Hidden Edges Radio. Um, I don't know if you've been listening, but I also have a new show on Monday mornings from 7.30 to 8 called Ellie 2.0, which is about my practical idealism, about the work that I go out and do in the world, and stories that I accumulate about idealists, some known and others totally unknown. Um, people like that show. It's Ellie 2.0 on Mondays from 7.30 to 8. I want to give a big thanks to our sponsors, the engineering firm Michelle Cooley Erickson and the law firm Zaylor Stout and Associates. And we have two new sponsors that I've been talking about, the Pride Institute out of Eden Prairie and Rending Electrolysis out of St. Paul. Thank you, sponsors. We're looking for more sponsors because... We need to pay for the show. Thank you so very much about that note. And anyway, I want to give also a big shout out to my producer, Brett Johnson. Brett, you rock. I'll be back next week. I think live. Maybe not. We'll see. Take care. Have a good week. Bye-bye.